Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother from another mother, Corey Baumeister. How's it going, bro? Well, hello, Bradley. It is going quite well, I must say. No Swimmingly. Swimmingly there, cheerio. <laughs> now it's going good here, too. And today we've got the biggest, the boldest, the best oh. special guest that we've ever had. Really? Yes. It, oh. it, we. I'm going to be honest. I was trying to get Andrea Mangucci. Okay. Um, but then I stopped mid-tracks and be like, well... This person beat the living crap out of Andrea Mangucci in League Weekend this past weekend, and mm. we gotta get him. So I want to welcome everyone uh, to our special guest, Brian Brown. Doing BBD, how's it going? You know, it is going great, and I want to thank you for bringing me on the cast and recognizing my contributions in beating the crap out of Andrea Mangucci in last weekend's <laughs> league play. Um, but I was a little bit offended that you. Uh, you called me uh, the the biggest because just just because I've been gaining weight in quarantine, you know, you don't need to make light of that. So I, I mean, like personality, not size. But I did think you were going to be offended <laughs> as it was coming out of my mouth. I was like, oh, I can't protect that one back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have a big personality if I didn't make a joke there. So you know, it's true. So, it you, goes you, hand in hand, really. You did this what to a, yourself. So one of one of my favorite lines that I stole from my dad a long time ago that I use now, um, that's self-deprecating is whenever somebody comes up to me. I mean, this obviously happened before COVID years ago, because <laughs> uh, no one comes up to me anymore. But uh, when when they did come up to me, that some of them would say, "Hey, Brad, big fan," and I always responded with, "Well, that's great because I'm a big guy." And they never really got it. Yeah. Wait, how did you steal that from dad? What fans did dad have that yeah, he didn't yeah. know about? No, he would say like, he, like it would just happen. It was like, um, oh, dad carried around a lot of big novelty fans. I forgot about that. It worked in, in a life. few situations. I don't know. Or like, I'm a big fan of like, you remember, you remember back when dad, um, so our dad is a very lively person, big yeah. personality. And yes, we used to get um, season tickets to the Dakota Wizards, which was our level whatever basketball team for Bismarck, North Dakota. Yep. And he used to stand up fun, and he knew everyone. Fun factor about as good as everyone. the Washington Wizards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're owned. They're actually owned by um, – they. the team got moved to Texas, and now they're owned by um, – Golden State, actually, fun the, fact. The True power, fun fact. And power another fun fact, the coach for the Wizards is now the Miami Heat's head coach. So he's been uh, he's been making waves to get up to the NBA and stuff. I forget his name. Making Eric, waves? Eric something, yeah. Oh, yeah. Down in Miami, oh, the, yeah. Dakota, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, was the Wizards Dakota coach. Wizards coach? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Crazy, right? Um, I, I, didn't yeah. actually, I didn't know that. That was really cool, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also uh, just made that up. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> no, that that really is true. Okay. I mean, one of one of our players was like an old has been NBA player, and he was like bigger on the area, and you know, dad loved him. But dad had a huge mm -hmm. personality. So people would say, I'm a big fan of you and or your work as a woodchuck. And that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a, another day. But anyway, <laughs> I used to say that. Um uh, but I'm excited actually to announce something that I want to talk about here. We've got a few upcoming events on uh mtg melee this week okay so, what do we got um the first is just 
the SCG Tour is back. I mean, same prizes, same gems, same qualifications, but the road has changed. Oh, I was, did We're the SCG all, Tour ever leave? <laughs> well, it, it left for like two weeks and we just okay. say things like yeah. it's back, you know, because that's and, marketing that that gets people excited. And Brad's totally wrong. It's not the same qualifications. They do not qualify you for Keldheim Championship anymore. Well, so That's true. Okay, different redacted. qualifications because <laughs> of the different road, because we're on the road to the Strixhaven Championship yes. now. Yes, yes. Uh, and so the Strixhaven Championship qualifier is this Sunday. The eight satellites will be Friday and Saturday. So if you want to be one of the first non-MPL rivals qualified for this tournament, uh, <laughs> you can do so by... Uh, winning the Strixhaven Championship Qualifier on Sunday. But a lot of people um, get into the Qualifier Weekends now. I think you can go like 5-1 or 6-0 in a satellite to qualify for the really? Weekends. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I might be eating my words, but I'm pretty sure. Um, tell you, but the, then only, also uh, the only road that I'm going to be on is, is, huh. is the Highway to Hell. So, Yeah, and, and actually the only road that you can get to Strixhaven is actually just the train station at nine and three fourths is oh. how you can actually get to that, <laughs> that area. <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, another exciting tournament, and it's it's going to be a series. All the details have not been announced yet, but Inside Esports is this organization that's been starting to run tournaments on Melee, and they're starting a summer series or a spring series. Um, I, th I believe, and their first tournament is this weekend on Saturday, which is their Tier 1 $5,000 standard open. Now, this is a 5K that the top 16 will qualify for a tournament in May, a more, um, you know... More a, intimate a event, field, a more intimate, A more intimate event that also has a $5,000 prize mm -hmm. pool. Um, but, like, I've seen this tournament on Saturday, and it kind of, like, set me back in the sense that it's the first time I've seen just a... You know, $25 entry, 5K. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, I used to drive to play in 5Ks. Like, I used to drive hours to play in these things. Yeah, I, we used to I drive remember, to Burnsville, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you and I, literally, the first SCG tour tournaments were 5Ks mm -hmm. for around the same price point, or price point, and we would drive, you know, six hours to go play in these things. And now they're just, there's just one on a Saturday. So I'm, I'm was going to play in a different tournament and I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to play this tournament. I'm going to play a 5k. Um, like the old days, like, but now Brad, we have to walk all the way from one room to another one. It's oh, still pretty it's far. Lot. It's still pretty far. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make, no, Bring no, I'm actually, Brad was telling me about this event. Um, even before we were starting this podcast, I think I'm going to play too. It sounds great. Were you guys playing mono red? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we wanted no, to go. We wanted to go with the deck that had the best numbers, and uh, we we tried to look at it through the lens of like golf. So we decided to both play mono red. You know, the lower numbers, the better. You guys were looking for a great deck choice, and you were just fresh off a of blue white Yorion performance, and you thought, <laughs> "Damn, twenty nine percent red. That is, <laughs> woo. That is a lot of winning." Like, what was blue white? Was it like was it like twenty three? I think it was twenty. It was either twenty five or twenty six percent. Okay. Wow, this red deck just crushed that deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And but but I wanted to ask you, Brian, as our special guest. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I remember way back in the day, you know, like 10 years ago when you were like what, 29, 30? Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> if only. And, <laughs> and, 
<laughs> I was already balding 10 years ago, so I think I was at least 45 to 50. <laughs> <laughs> you age well, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, But, like, you, you were also, like, I, I would consider you, like, one of the premium grinders of your 20s. Um, and, and especially, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, or whatever. And, like, I'm just thinking, like, what would, like, that Brian think if there's just, like, online tournaments that you could just win 2K on a weekend? <laughs> yeah, oh. would you ever travel? Dude, I would have well, killed would, for that shit. Like, I would have fucking oh, killed yeah. for that shit. Also, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. You calling me a premium grinder? I feel like that term doesn't mean the same thing anymore there. Like, I, my instant thought when you said premium grinder was like an OnlyFans thing. Like, oh, I, I, actually, I actually took it as a premium service you get on the website grinder. Yeah, that could be that too. Yeah. Like, it's like a premium Snapchat. Like, <laughs> back when Brian you was get... younger, before he got old and haggard. He once, was... you, once you have premium, it opens you up to so many filters. Yeah. <laughs> No he, more, no more ads. He ran the best MTG premium grinder subscription <laughs> in the biz, in the land. Yeah. No, um, I mean, like you did something that no one else I know has ever done. On a Saturday, you skipped. It was an open weekend back before they were one tournaments for two days. They were two different tournaments, like a standard on Saturday and a legacy on Sunday. Yeah. And Brian drove to somewhere, Virginia Maryland, Beach, maybe Virginia, Virginia Beach. Beach for a PTQ on Saturday, and then after that PTQ was over, which you did go deep in, right? Uh, um, I lost. I'll tell you how deep I went. I <laughs> had the same record as nearly everyone in the top eight, but was the ninth place finisher <laughs> after the Swiss round. Was it was it top twelve uh, like the SCG tour, or uh, was uh, was it uh, still that classic top eight? It was a classic oh, top eight. Oh, it was it was ninth place, so it was a it was a bbd premium <laughs> grinder special it was it, it was yes yes um, and so then then you 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 know you didn't go home after that though no i uh, i drove you got to Baltimore, back maryland. in your car yeah yeah and then you drove to maryland where we were at for the open and played the legacy open on sunday where i believe i went seven and two which was again a top sixteen finish <laughs> yeah I, I was in that top 16 with you because i think i think i won that standard open and i finished x and two and didn't make top eight um with that one playing sneak and show if i remember that weekend but um but yeah like you were you were just a grinder back then but yeah i was thinking about it's like when i was up in my first years playing magic like and i was just hungry for all these tournaments and like the two thousand dollars like truly mattered to me um Hmm. like like these tournaments are just mind-blowing to me to think that they're just around now that's just (laughs) there's there's two tournaments like if you qualify for the scg on on friday you can play a 5k on saturday and a 5k on sunday at home <laughs> like it's just <laughs> insane yeah i wonder how many of these events are still going to be going on like when covid um you know it comes to its conclusion just if these kind of events are going to try to just host them at actual venues or just keep them online i bet there's still going to oh. be a decent amount of online um, yeah, events, I, I guess. yeah i think i think they the, might be the less co- popular though you know well, I think the the culture, a lot of things in our, our culture and the way that we do things are just going to change. And this that's a topic for a different podcast. But like let's society, talk, let's talk about society like- has been affected permanently by COVID. Yeah. In certain yeah. ways. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and so I believe that some tournaments will still like there will still be tournament series online and they'll, they might evolve and look a little different. Like there's already an evolution like the Star City Games is using an online variant of Swiss where the top 12, you know, make the yeah. top eight. Yeah. And this is an online variation on the Swiss format. Um, and certain things will just keep happening and we will have we will see different tournaments and it could be similar to another pathway that wizards chooses for whatever their pro circuit is to have to divvy out these qualifications because divvying out these online qualifications much like ptqs in the past does hold some merit it, it allows a lot of people from areas of the world that can't compete normally mm. to be able to compete and True. we've seen a huge boost in areas that had no real magic representation yeah, yeah that is one thing that i think is a positive about online events and arena in particular is that it removes a lot of the financial um, thing. I don't know what the word is, but, you know. Barrier. Barrier. That's it. Yeah. It removes a lot of the financial barriers that holds people back from being able to compete in Magic. Definitely. And and like to a lot of young kids and stuff too, that, you know, didn't want to travel with a chaperone or a chaperone (laughs) didn't want to. Yeah, I guess a chaperone didn't want to travel to whatever location uh, so they couldn't go, so they can still play online events and stuff. You so actually, that uh, that's not true. Actually, the the big problem is Wizards doesn't allow under eighteen to uh, play yeah. in their championship. <laughs> so you're 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 as far <laughs> off as possible, Corey, and you're hitting a controversial like you know yeah. pain point. <laughs> All right, well, I wanted to say <laughs> something, but I also just was gonna let it finish. You know, and thanks, like you thanks. actually you reminded me of like like. When you're talking about like a politically correct thing and the old person chimes in thinking that they know what they're talking about and just says something horribly racist. Like wow. thanks for that comparison. Some, uh, some real <laughs> Well, some you real did boomer it. energy <laughs> on that one. Corey. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's the way I should have said it. Yeah. You had some real <laughs> boomer energy on that one. I'll take that. I'll <laughs> <But> take that. <laughs> it, were that not the case, you would be hundred percent correct. So, oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's just a it's stupid laws. It's not wizards. <laughs> it's just legal stuff like that they can't get around. Fair, you know, the, fair. Like the whole the 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 you know they've always tried to have kids play their game. Of course, they want kids to play their game. Every company wants kids to do their products, even the ones that are illegal. Oh yeah, right. Because I mean, what I mean, I played my first pro tour when I had to have mm. uh, you know my dad sign. To allow me to play and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I I took you right. I had to be a chaperone for a tournament. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, man. I was not a good chaperone. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. busy over. Corey was playing the pro tour, and <laughs> I was busy over trying to grind into it and playing side events. <laughs> yeah. I didn't eat that weekend. Brad forgot to feed me, but uh, yeah, yeah Corey you know, slept. Right. Corey slept outside, <laughs> but I mean, he did. He did what top sixty four. Yeah, exactly. So he did good. I got him the cards he needed. Hey, yeah, yeah. My first ever PTQ win. We got to the site. I don't know if we got to the site hours early or the tournament started hours late. <laughs> but regardless, I slept outside the venue or outside the wow. room of the venue, just on the ground on the middle of the floor for like two hours before the tournament started and then i went to ptq so why because i was tired man why didn't you sleep in the hotel no they drove up that we morning, drove up right? that oh morning. you drove up that morning okay okay yeah. i thought you said you were sleeping outside of your own hotel i was like that's just really foolish no like well, sleeping outside <laughs> the room the tournament was played in okay fair 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 fun fact about this actual tournament this this course first pro tour because you bring this up brian um we this was the first time we we uh met 
Josh Shooter Layton for the first time. We we I tested with him and I was friends with him through Magic Online Raptor. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we met up in the three of us hoteled. But I was a snore at the time because I've always been one. And mm-hmm. Josh Shooter Layton is a very light sleeper. So he, it was the Corey and Raptors Pro Tour, and I was like the the tag along because I wasn't <laughs> qualified. And he was I was causing him sleep. So I actually slept on the uh the outside uh balcony. Back oh, then yeah, it was a pretty I big balcony. That. Yeah, yeah. I slept outside <laughs> on the balcony for them so that I didn't disturb them. Now no hotels even have those balconies available because of, you know, suicide prevention. Mm. Um I haven't seen one like that. But yeah, I was uh, just like there's in... still hotels that have those balconies. Oh, do they? Oh, go man, to Vegas, were... baby. Go, go to go Vegas. To, <laughs> go get a hotel along any beach. And yeah. they all have those balconies still. So they can okay. charge you a little extra. Well, we were in Hollywood and we were really high up and I just slept on a balcony. It was very windy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a fun, it was a, such a fun weekend. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun one. But anyway, let's like, we can move into our, our main topic. Um, yeah, did we lose did we lose Mangucci yet? No, I think Mangucci we, is out. Yep. No, because we were talking about magic this time, right? Yeah, we this actually want to keep uh, Mangucci in because we we want to talk yeah, about our first topic is the round that Brian played Mangucci. Exactly. Now tell us everything about this. <laughs> what, what, what was your attitude going in to this, uh, into yeah. this match? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was no, like, okay. sweet. At least I get one win. Um, <laughs> oh. no, actually my yeah. match against Andrea was, was a really good match. And I mean, I, I have a matchup advantage against him, so I'm supposed to win. And yeah. it was, it was a very it was a very close, very interesting match. Um, a lot of fun to play. So, yeah. mm, mm. excellent. That's my but diplomatic you were answer. Huh? My non-diplomatic yeah. answer is get fucked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the title of this episode. Get yeah. fucked, Mangu. <laughs> we love you, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The Bass Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the deck vault line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies. Protect. Store. Display. Slogans. Marketing. Magic. Wow. Oh, man. No, so let's actually talk about League Weekend. So this past weekend, the MPL, the 24 MPL members and the 70 minus 24 is 46. Mm -hmm. 46 members of Rivals all duked it out. Now, I think most of us all only played 11 matches. 10 to 11. 10 to 11, Uh, yeah. Yeah, all MPL played 11 because we played 12 matches the previous time during this, and now we just had to play our last 11 so every member of the MPL and rivals this time around actually knew their opponents going in. Um, we didn't know what they were going to play, but we all knew. And that, you know, that, that influences certain things like Seth and I, for example, when we were talking about our decks, we had slightly different variations on, on our deck list because we had predictably different, potentially different metagames. Cause I, he had more of the people that are going to play like that usually lean towards the non-linear aggro decks. And I had more of the people that lean towards the linear aggro decks. Um, now, when we get to the tournament, most people just played linear aggro decks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say his list, he like just played some negates in the main that, yep. you know, instead of like, I don't know, some chariots or something. I remember seeing the list and it was pretty minor, but. 
Yeah, well, those, those, those negates are what allowed him to beat me in game one, so I was oh. I, well, I would have preferred that they were whatever the other cards were supposed to be, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like an extra Wrath or an extra Chariot or something. It was an, it was yeah. an extinction event and a time walk. Yep. That's mm. close. Yeah, mm, yeah. Okay. he only had two time walks, which I thought was a big mistake, but... Gotcha. So I guess we'll start. What was your guys' record? Like Brad, you had what seven wins? Yeah, I went seven and four over the weekend. Brian, you went six and five. Yep. Woo! Positive so, win weight bros. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, Brad and I also did well the previous weekend, and since they're part of the same overall like structure, the split, mm-hmm. I guess they're called. Um, mm-hmm. Brad actually finished number one in the split overall. Um, over the course of the two and i finished oh, thanks for clapping for me Corey. <laughs> <laughs> great job great so, job. so brad actually had the best record between the two weekends and i had fifth i think i finished yeah um, so you bubbled bad. yes, yes not bad actually so you're going, still into in... the, going into the Go last ahead. round i actually had a chance to to crest into the top four because you get a little extra payout for top four granted it would have then come down to tiebreakers which i don't think i would have won because i don't understand how they work but um, I don't even know what they are. Oh yeah, you get you guys get money per league weekend, or is it all yes. at the end? I yeah. I still it's, don't even really know how it it's works. Both. It's both. It's both. It's per, okay. or maybe it's just per league weekends. But um, yeah, you get you get paid for the for the league that you play, how well you do in mm. that specific league. But then the points accumulate over the course of the entire league, over the course uh, course of the entire season to determine how well you did at the end of the year. And that's going to determine if you're staying in the MPL, getting mm. relegated to rivals, staying in rivals, moving up to the MPL, whatever. So Or going into one of the gauntlets. So I know, um, Brad, you are at the top right now. If it were to end, you would go to Worlds and, and get everything. BBD, mm-hmm. are you, what tier are you in? Are you up to like MPL gauntlet? Or are you looking to dodge relegation? Or? I actually dropped in the in the rankings this time around despite having a positive mm. record which mm. kind of sucks but yeah that, that's frustrating um because i was 14th coming in and now i'm 16th so i'm actually right just ahead of being bubbled into auto relegation but right now i'd be playing in the rivals gauntlet if the season ended um okay granted even though i dropped a little bit in the rankings i'm basically uh, I, I basically have like a little because before I was in 14th, but it was a huge gap between the people ahead of me and, and myself. Yeah. So I didn't really have much room to advance. Um, and so even though I weirdly dropped a couple spots despite having a good record, um, I'm actually pretty close to all the people ahead of me. So there's a lot of room to move up if I do well in um, gotcha. any future weeks. So I didn't really I'm not like worse off than I was before. I'm probably better off. Yeah, it seems like it's so tight in the MPL as far as points, where if you just go like 3-0 and, you know, a, a person a place or two ahead of you uh, just goes 0-3, you're for, like for sure passing them and and, and moving up quite a few uh, spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, there, there's there been one one thing about the wins and losses. They've, they've definitely helped the top players, in my opinion, because like the people that have had really good streaks were coming from the bottom of the pack and a few of the the people that were in the race um lost a lot of matches in the last couple of weeks mm. um yeah yeah this week was 
really weird in that, um, yeah, a lot of the top players did the worst. And so that, and a lot of the bottom players kind of caught up a little bit. So it was a little bit of a balancing. It kind of balanced the scales a lot in the MPL, which is why I dropped despite having a good record. Because a lot of the other people that were also doing badly also had really good records this time around, where some of the top players who were close to the top four in the top four had like the worst weekends. So rest in peace, Juza. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's a brutal <laughs> one. that's a brutal one. But yeah, that's so a brutal one, yeah. Um, I mean now now moving to the yeah. So I'm tied with Andre. We're in third, but fifth place is Reed Duke, and he's three points behind me. So. But to be fair, you know, the call time championship is our next tournament. And if I scrub out and read Duke top eights it, then he's ahead of me because I top eighted the last championship. And that's like if you actually look at like all the point breakdowns, the people that did well there are the ones that are on the top here. Mm, Those points really actually did help swing you to uh, above the pack. Um, Yeah, I mean, well, just getting it's like four points for top eighting, right? So just essentially getting four wins in league play when everybody else oh fours like that is just a huge swing um so these tournaments really do matter even though it feels feels like they don't matter as much when we're not in the pro system to y'all um you know when we're not in the gold platinum kind of grind but it is still very large if you get one of those boosts yeah it's bigger than it looks like you you look at Mm -hmm. it and you think four points is not that much but it actually it's a quite a big boost uh yeah yeah, and I, I just I, know that that Gabe and I both top aided. Paulo and Andre both got three points. So like, you know, that you almost got max points of everyone, and those are the people at the top by those amount of points. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's now, what I was I gonna Andre, say. Like, if you look at the standings, you'll see it's kind of skewed based on who got those extra points, for sure. Yeah, it definitely definitely helped out. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to the actual decks now. Um, I, I truly believe that there's been a big swing in, um, what people thought was good and standard before league play and how league play played out, Mm -hmm. um, by the decks that people registered and how they did. And, uh, a great tool for this is if you go, if if you're listening, if you're following along, but you haven't checked this out yet, uh, MTG underscore data on Twitter throughout a, a matchup matrix just for the MPL and rivals league play. And this is like way easier to use than a lot of the other stuff because you know what these deck lists actually look like. Like when it's huge sample sizes um, to just understand the, the the data, it can be skewed because it's combining all the Soltai decks. But this Soltai Ultimatum list is the same list. Everyone played yeah. the same exact list, Yeah, for example, yeah. you know? I mean, there is some discrepancies right there. Oh, wait, never mind. I was going to say Nea uh, mid-range. And the Nea Fury decks would be grouped together, but they are grouped separately on that. No, okay, they're, that, they're that's good, because that is a big that is a big change in the deck, even though it's the same kind of archetype. Oh, man, on Melee, I switched it up. I made a Nea Fury deck, and I made an Nea Midrange on there for people to brand. Uh-huh. But you know they're not going to do it. No, no, no. They're going <laughs> to click whichever one's first. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so some big winners as far as decks. It was the Nea Midrange deck that Reed Duke... Huey, Ely, Cassis, all of them played. Um, that just looked amazing to me. And yeah, it just let's didn't talk have, about that. Yeah, it didn't have all the gimmicky stuff that Naya Fury had with just Unleash Fury and stuff. And then just had some, what I was calling Ely cards all weekend on coverage because he was the first person I saw play it and I didn't know the origin of the deck. Just some random one-ofs. I'm like, yep, this definitely seems like an Ely Cassis special. He always throws in those little uh, 
random fun ofs that are either unplayably bad or really good. Yeah. And then I found out that it was just Reed Duke's deck. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. These 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 cards are probably just all in here for a reason. And then, and then I just <laughs> wow, saw the list that, was awesome. That's a boat of confidence for Ely Cassis. Yeah, that's, a, that's oh, a pretty sick that's like a bird that there. I like. That's like a bird that I <laughs> yeah. like create for Shaheen Serrani. Like I'm yeah. like, oh. I wanted to hurt. <laughs> and and I mean to be fair, I've played a lot of Ely Cassis decks, and these random Ely cards have sometimes just been unbelievably good, and they've been unplayable sometimes. So it's it's not a complete dig. It's it's usually a, a coin flip where he throws them in every deck anyways, you know? So, well, so let's I'll actually, say that Ely is at the top of the Rivals League, so he's doing something right. Yes, so. he is. Oh, Ely's a great Magic player. Getting deckless from yeah. Reed Duke. Yeah. He's yeah. doing yeah. something right. That True. is doing it. <laughs> so let's actually talk about this deck real quick for those who haven't seen it. It is a adventure package, but also plays like Kazandu Mammoth, which is often in, a, in an adventure package. Um, Scavenger News, which is usually in Girl Adventures, the the Giant Killers, which is in the Naya package. But yeah. then instead of um doing the Naya Fury stuff that has becoming popularized or um Ember Cleaving that Girl Adventures does, it's just playing Showdown of the Scalds and the Great Hench. For um, Great Hench. For for the Great Hench, <laughs> which which is you know a lot, and it has three Scavenger News, which is a very good card to combo with your Great Hench, because often if anyone that's played a lot with this card realizes that it it it's really nice to have a creature to cast off your great hench yes yeah. um being able and, to play innkeeper and, or ooze right off of it immediately is awesome and it's a and it's a very mana hungry creature to be good and great mm -hmm. so even the activation is nice with great hench too yeah yep and um and so that's that's part of the stack now the first time i saw it i was like what the hell are you doing because i'm i'm going from the perspective of a soul type player mm -hmm. needing to compete against this and you know i beat the crap out of shahar with sultai and but our team actually went one and three in the matchup i think we got unlucky i think it's a good matchup for sultai um yeah but at the same time this deck is just powerful cards and if you fail rate against it it's going to punish you yeah mm -hmm. um and that's just what this deck is and the but the genius about why i think they played this is because if you think sultai is not going to be popular because the aggressive decks are going to be popular like mm -hmm. mono red and mono white and naya Fury, which was true which is all true mm -hmm. then the the deck that beats them sits on top of them and that's the great hench because i don't know any aggressive matchup swings to the favor of the person that just resolved the great hench yeah yeah the great hench is insane absolutely busted against these in, aggressive decks in in creature mirrors it's just it's not fair it's like mm -hmm. um it's whoever does it and also people weren't prepared for it because everyone was moving to ember cleave so you get in these matchups, there aren't any disenchants. There's not wilts moving rolling around that often. There's just mm -hmm. people were just folding to this great henge, uh, a strategy from six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just working beautifully. And you know, the numbers in this deck are gonna change, like you know, the number of Draneth magistrates or Elagargrass. The sideboard has a bunch of weird shit. Um yeah. but another card worth highlighting, I think, is the Yasharn, which yeah. looks innocuous at first, but it actually does interact in standard very favorably right now against certain things like the treasures from from the dragons can't be sacked and also the white protection creatures can't be used it's oh, it's just kind of cool okay. and i mean just on rate it's a format of four fork that gets you two lands that is still just a powerful card um and i was just always happy drawing that card when i played this deck a little bit this week it's just a solid card 
Yeah, even even its its fail rate of being a four four for four that gets you two lands is is still a fi- a very fine card. Like you know you mm-hmm. you wouldn't play it over questing beast or something like that, but it's still a very fine card. Um, yeah. and yeah, I felt the same way. Like I played against Shahar and and Reed, and I felt like I played very poorly against Shahar, and I felt like I got unlucky against Reed. Yeah, you did. Holy shit. You were a landlord (laughs) for days against Reed. I was commentating that match and it just. Wait, I thought in 2021 we hate those. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Landlords? Landlords? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I almost made a I almost made a meme about that. And when people were talking about that in the BVP Discord, I almost made like a landlord (laughs) meme, but I just You shut up. I was too lazy (laughs) to do it to actually do it. But yeah, yeah, I, I felt like I got, you know poor end of variance against Reed, and I felt like I had opportunity to beat Shahar and just played pretty badly. Um, mm. But despite that, like what Brad was saying, where like the fail rate doesn't exist for a deck like that, and if you stumble, like you're just going to get punished, and you know, that I felt like that did happen in some of those games where like I just, you know, didn't have the counter spell and a great hand resolved and I, I just lose now, you know, like yeah, stuff like that happening or can will just happen some amount of time. So it's just such a classic redo deck, right? Like just a mid range deck that is never going to be doing anything too flashy. But if you have a stumbling draw or you know just are not prepared for mopey mid range games, you just get run over. So it, it made well, sense that Reed created it. Yeah, what I love about this deck is so when when Naya Showdown decks first came out. Excluding the Michael Major version that's been picking up in popularity, um, uh, it's what Crokey's used to seven zero day one mm. of the the MIQ or the uh, the qualifier. The one weekend. with that like one mana one two that just yeah, hyper and, accelerates and the spirit, stuff out, right? the spirit yeah. and Trotsky. Mm-hmm. Um, this version, yeah. uh, which is funny because a month ago Michael Majors wrote a whole article about this deck and it just went nowhere. No one picked yeah. it up. No one tried it. Um, and that, it didn't get any popularity, but he used that. But ignoring that fact, like a lot of people that were trying to put showdown in their gruel decks yeah. were still running these aggressive things, right? Like the the brushfire elementals, the Empercles, and that that version really just didn't work. And what I like about reads is I'm gonna be slow and I'm gonna care about value, and I have I have a higher amount of interaction. I'm gonna let you bring the game to me, and I'm just gonna use my card advantage. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's kind of how it feels. It's like you're still doing powerful things and you still can still attack people, but like Reed's ultimate goal is to never use resources just to beat down. It's to gain card advantage. Yeah, yeah. And so so as long as you know that means that's what I mean is you have to bring the game to me. You have to make me care about what you're doing because pretty soon I'm gonna have the great hand and I'm probably not gonna care. Um, and yeah. I just I love the design of the stack. It it did it went over like gangbusters. It didn't it. I don't know if it had a bad matchup um, or it, it had a losing session. I guess it did against Naya Fury, which surprised me. I thought that matchup would be good, would, would be good, but maybe they, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, but. It makes sense because you're kind of doing similar things, except Goldspan Dragon does seem pretty tough to deal with outside of just, you know, chop down, but that's only, you only have four of those. True, so yeah. I could see it. And then apparently had a bad matchup against Cycling. Um, but you know, that's whatever. To be fair, these literally could have just been three match sets of information. They're both 33.3, so it looks like they went 2-1 against Night Fury and 2-1 against Cycling. 
Or one Which, two against both of them, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. One two against both of them. It could have been two four, but yeah. Um, we don't. I haven't. I didn't double check it all. I didn't look it up. But fair, fair. Um, but yeah, the deck did really well, and I think it's one of the best decks in the format. But um, the next deck I want to talk about. Do you, uh, one last thing about this. Do you think it's gonna stay um as one of the best decks, or like, do you think that the meta game is gonna adjust where this is is not gonna be the best deck? Like, I I guess if more Soul Tide keeps coming up. Then I this just think that's probably not great for it. I think the metagame's already doing that. I played a little yeah. bit on the ladder and I've been watching. I, I I see a lot of what a lot of people are talking about on social media now, just part of mm -hmm. my job of keeping up with things. And from from the general understanding, it seems like aggressive decks are on the decline. And I've been playing against a lot of Soul Tide Ultimatum, even though mm -hmm. I've been beating it with Naya. Uh, I've been using Kyle Bogomus's new version that has more like sticky permanence against Sultai. So it's like more Redane, more uh, the one, three and the enchantment. I'm trying the enchantment too. So I have four permanents in my sideboard that are like my stony silences. Wait, is Redane good against Emergent Ultimatum? Yeah, cause they fuck had you. to- Just fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, I thought that was a legitimate question. I, I fucked up and forgot <laughs> and I just went for it in my last round when I was a feature match. It was Yeah, he just cast it for nine mana and then John Emmanuel Dupra was just like, okay, you can have the two non-creatures and then Brad goes to try to cast him, can't pay two and then just shame concedes and we're like, ooh, bro. <laughs> well, I'm not shame concede, I was dead on board. Were you? Oh, okay, okay. I thought you could have survived that turn. But no, I yeah. couldn't. But okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it's like mono white, 41.6%. Mono red, 29.2%. Gruel Adventures, 46.1%. Those are the three aggressive decks in the format. They all had losing records. And they. I don't think they looked very good. So yeah. if you also, look at that and you see those decks are getting preyed on by this Naya midrange deck. And then Soltai is a deck that has an actual matchup advantage against Naya midrange, or yeah, you know, depending on how you build it, does. Okay, um, but we gotta talk about Gruel Adventures real quick for a second. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to bring this up, but it's also got a 46 percent because it preyed on mono red, and that's one of the reasons why it even has a high, close to 57 percentage. And did you see the builds of Gruel that people showed up with? I would have I cried if I was mono red. It it was it was it had four scorching dragonfires main and three red cap melees in the sideboard. Oh yeah, and like <laughs> just two or three Acroan wars in the main. Yeah, I think Marcio yeah, Carvalho yeah, played that. A whole that. team showed yeah. up with this, and it's like I talked to Kai, and Kai had to play against it multiple times, and he was just like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, like <laughs> it's like fucking a million yeah, spot removal spells. Yeah, Honestly, I played that's against one Marcio, thing. and he had he had like no, he only had Embercleave, no Great Henge, which, yep. which really helped yep. my my chances of beating him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was the one thing is in this tournament specifically or in this league weekend, it was every single deck, whether you were playing Salty Ultimatum, Teamer Adventures, you know, or Gruel, you were all focused on mono white and mono red. So, you know, while mono red did absolutely atrocious and it looked really bad, I bet, you know, if other decks start picking back up to answer these mid-range shells like Salty Ultimatum, mono red could come back just when there's not as much uh, hate on the deck, um, you know, so I, I don't know <laughs> if it's a terrible deck, but yeah, I, that I want to touch on that. Cause that goes into a point that I wanted to make that I wrote down in our show notes as the data can go fuck itself. Of course. Yes. I'd like to, 
Please elaborate, like sir. To hammer home. Um, and I, I'm speaking from my own personal experience here, where last week's data or was that rogues really fucking sucked against every deck, and yep. especially was very bad against a lot of these decks, like mono white, and it was very bad against like cycling and some of these other decks. And I just don't think that that's accurate. Like I just don't. Like I, and maybe I'm the one who is wrong or whatever, but I just felt like you can build your rogue deck to not suck in those matchups. It's not that hard to build your rogue deck to not suck in those matchups. And once you've done that, I mean, mono red is probably is going to be tough if they have a million oxes and stuff, but you know, my, at least mono white, some of those other decks, like I, I think you can make those matchups not bad. And I don't think it is takes that much of a deck building cost to make them not bad. So you relying on this data to inform your decisions is pretty short-sighted, I think, because oh, this is going to tell you what did happen, but you should not use it to inform you on what is going to happen. Because Agreed. I thought Rogues was a good choice, and people were like, oh, you know, that was a nice metagame choice. You picked a deck that beats the decks that are trying to beat Mono White and Mono Red. It's like, I don't even think that's true. Like, I played Mono White twice, and I beat it both times, and I don't think I played very well, against, especially against John Emanuel Deprive. I thought, I thought I played horribly bad, and I, mm-hmm. and I still won. And well, but before before you even did this, I thought I thought Rogues beat Mono White or was favored. Not according to the data from previous from last week, it was like massively oh. behind in the matchup, like twenty percent or something. Oh, weird! Jesus. It was it was horribly bad against Mono White, and like and it was like ten percent win rate against Cycling or something. And like so, I went in, I got played got played a, paired against Lishi, and he's playing Cycling, and um, I was like terrified because i saw that it was a 10 percent matchup and after playing the matchup i'm like i don't I mean like i felt like if i just could kill a couple early creatures and then keep counter magic up that i was like massively favored so i don't know just and uh, granted that's one match sample size maybe draws weren't good or whatever on either side but mm-hmm. it just some of that stuff i feel like that told you yeah. what happened last weekend, but you you shouldn't use it to say that's how a matchup is or that's oh, how it's sure, going yeah. to happen in the future. There's so yeah. many things that can change, and some of these sample sizes are so small. Um, that and to like, be fair, that yeah. that was not always true for every standard, right? Like it used to just be in some meta games. If you had a really bad matchup, it's just a bad matchup. There's no changing it, right? Um, and that's not true for many matchups in standard right now because we just have so many powerful cards that you can really just change your deck to beat whatever you want, which is a great aspect and a great... Well, uh, I, I think yeah. some of the matchups are standard. like that. Like, I think... Yeah, like Rakdos and Yorian decks, you know, yeah. those are pretty lopsided and that's tough to change. Some but. of the decks that have been around for a long time where the decks haven't changed that much over time. Yeah, like Yorion. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, Yorion versus Rakdos or Rakdos versus Rogues or those matchups are just bad and they're, they're just going to be that way. But yeah, a lot of these decks where they're kind of newer decks or not as defined and some of the tools to beat them are more narrow. Like that's going to swing week to week based on who's bringing what. So, mm-hmm. so I, I completely agree with you on the fact that you can't use data for everything, 
but there are there are spots where like this data really kind of opened my eyes and i want to test it but you know it's changing at least making me think that some of my um previous conceptions of matchups could be wrong and yeah. one of them is team adventures which i always put so what i mean by team adventures it it's also named team or taking turns it's the adventure package that ends with dragons and all runs epiphanies um and that's like uh, a new strategy because like i actually love these obosh decks personally just by a design standpoint because it's playing all of these odd converted mana cost cards but they can cost even based on weird things whether it's an adventure thing or a foretell thing but it 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 uses its mana uniquely and i love shit like that i think that deck Mm -hmm. looks really good well, yeah. I, I I do too. But when when I was initially testing it or talking to people about it, um, I built these ideas that it was bad against aggressive decks and good against decks like Soltai. Um, but you know, Soltai didn't even show up this weekend. Only six pilots. Our team was the only ones that played it. And I would guess that a person that you know, I would guess people that would want to bring Team Adventures would be for preying on those matchups. But it actually just had a winning record against everything besides cycling and Naya mid range which now after exploring team or more makes little sense. You know, the package backed by these like powerful cards like dragon and all runs epiphany can mm-hmm. really do a number on these aggressive decks. Yeah, no, I, I think that deck looked pretty good all weekend too. Anytime it was on coverage. Um, Brazen Bar just as a card didn't look that great to me, but the rest of the deck I think looked pretty sweet. Oh, I, I thought, I thought that Brazen Bar looked is, looked great in the deck against decks like mono white and mono red yeah yeah against the hyper aggressive decks it's definitely a lot better yeah, yeah i think like that's it's all is pretty integral part of being able to beat those decks and mm-hmm. you know i would think that i could see this deck being good against those decks because you use the early turns to like you have love struck i mean i just remember from playing team or adventures before i always felt good against aggressive decks just the package of borrower Bone Crusher, Lovestruck Beast is just a natural foil to some like aggressive strategies. And then the closing power of this deck, once you get up to six or seven mana and you can start taking extra turns and stuff, you know, I, I can see that being the case where it's like you're behind in the early turns against aggressive decks, but you're able to kind of play a stabilizing game long enough for your big stuff to come online. And then once it does, the game's over. And yeah. you have such big tempo bursts. It's like, if they Embercleave, you're like, bounce your threat, and then I can either Dragon you, and you have to spend your turn re-equipping, but it's not going to be lethal, or I can, like, set up these weird, like, I'm going to take extra turns, and that might be lethal, or at least set up the board where, like, you can no longer attack me profitably. Um, And so, but yeah, like, this data, if I didn't have it in front of me, I would have maybe ignored Team Adventures for this weekend and said, oh, five players played it, and they did well, but, uh, you know, I'd have to look through all their matchups, and I want to, and then somebody just... You know, I'm teaching data, threw it in my face, and they're like, it's all green, baby. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that that makes me also think that, you know, these dragon decks are all doing pretty good against the aggressive decks. Maybe these aggressive decks just aren't robust enough. Or at least I have to, you know, think that maybe Teamer, Naya Fury, and Naya Midrange is the new top billing of the format, and it's no longer Gruel Ventures, Mono Red, and Mono White. I would definitely say that looking at this data makes me believe and just thinking about matchups from, I, I agree with you, Brad. I, I, I do think that there is value in the data. I don't want people to take, be the takeaway that there's no value in the data. Um, and I think that 
that point is a really good place to 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 derive value from it and say like hey this won a matchup i didn't think it was supposed to win why is that mm-hmm. the case i don't think you should take that to say oh this won a matchup it wasn't supposed to win therefore it's a good matchup you know from now yeah. Oh, yeah. through per, you know perpetuity because that's think- not going to be the case necessarily but i do i do agree like i think that a lot of these decks really exposed how vulnerable the aggressive decks are. Like mm-hmm. the one thing that I really do love about data is just it, data like this gets thrown on Twitter, you know, everywhere. Tons of magic players see it. People love data and, you know, sometimes use it far too much, but this data just tells a story of what people are going to do moving forward for the next week. I think that's really where I use data the most you know you look at this and i'll be like i wouldn't expect that aggro decks are going to be that big this weekend Mm -hmm. you know and and people probably wouldn't want to play because they look at these percentages so i think that explains what i would want to play this weekend more just based on people's perception of data yeah that's that's the metagame thing and and one Mm -hmm. thing that i want to add to brian's about data is that one of the big downfalls um, that I see it being used for is to reinforce things you just want to be true. Yeah. And and yep. like you can look at a, a, a sample size of data and you can look objectively and try to find unique things that maybe are worth exploring. Like for me, it's not saying that Team Adventures is good. It's saying that I need to learn more about this deck because I had some things potentially wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not me being like, see everyone, Soltai Ultimatum's great. Actually, you know, it doesn't look that good if people are going to play Nyamid or Ancient Team Adventures. But um but, you know, like, I'm not going to go digging here for things. Like, I'll obviously, you know, give some shit to LSV on social media after saying Mono Red's, like, a good choice. You know, I might just, <laughs> you know, say some shit, but then somebody else might, you know, take that and think that that's a solid thing. Um, yeah. And that's just what you can't do. You can't just assume that this stuff is going to reinforce your beliefs and be used for the following weekend if you're starting from a flawed base, which is I just want to be right and find any piece of information that proves me right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll find it. You'll find it on the internet. All of us content creators, all of us players, we all have every opinion. Every opinion. I, I say it about Twitch chat all the time that Twitch chat will give me every answer. Yeah. And once yeah. I asked what date was a tournament and they, I got three responses and they were all different Sundays. Like <laughs> it was like, it's on the like, 7th, the you, 14th, the 21st. And I'm like, yep, that's just right. They give me every answer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, yeah. like, there's a Magic player that used to just always say, and all opinions have been held. Who was that? Do you, do you remember, Brad? No, I don't remember. Okay. I don't either. Oh, man. It's just well, like... It's just so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you would somebody would say something, a variety of people would say, would argue about it, and then they would just always say, like, and every opinion has been held or whatever. <laughs> like, I want to say that was like a Paul Riesel thing, but maybe, I don't oh, know. Oh, it does sound, it sounds, sounds like a Paul, like Riesel, Paul thing. Riesel thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure it sounds like him. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, one more point I want to make about this data is like, I actually can't draw any conclusions from it because my deck's not on it. And I can only play <laughs> one, I, I, I only play one deck. <laughs> since my deck doesn't appear on here, it, it's I guess like you gotta I'm, go to Mono Red. Yeah, I, I look at this and I feel like I'm in like Westworld or whatever. I'm just like, it doesn't look like anything to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, like let's talk about our decks for a little bit. So I played Soltai Ultimatum. Uh, the build was built by Sifka, Stanislav Sifka was right. the originator of the design. It started with four uh, chariots. Um, it was very anti like the creature decks. It's like put something in front of them. It was very ramp based and not a lot changed from what we used because 
his theories made a lot of sense to me, which was like, make it a ramp deck. And that means that duress is the card that you want, not more counter spells, because you want to be able to cast your big things when you need to cast them. And a mystical mm -hmm. dispute does not protect it well in the light game because they're going to have, if they have five mana open, your dispute does nothing. But if you duress and take the counter spell, you can cast your spell. That is very uh, smart. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And good logic. And the, and then so we had the chariots too, and they were just there to be roadblocks. They're, you know, they're there mm -hmm. to just help us get to our mana. We added a third um all runs epiphany because not only so it there's two reasons why it's great. One is that you can foretell it at an opportune time so that you can cast on turn six and then ramp to turn seven effectively. Mm -hmm. Um to get your um your to ultimate cast emergent ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. But also there's a lot of times if you've played this deck at all. There's a lot of times that your pile is going to be fine, but they're they will some sometimes you can force them into giving you Vorninclex plus Alrun's Epiphany, and if your last card is another Epiphany, you win the game. But when you only play one two copies, that rarely happens. Three gives you an increased chance of this happening. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's, it's a just big a turn. It's a really big turn. Also, and it's really good with just... the Zika's Chariot too. Yeah. You know, just being able to get that generating of an extra cat. Um, even if they kill one of your cats, like being able to cast Alvin's Epiphany, crew with the birds and a cat, make a cat, untap again. That that is just it, it such a big happen, swing. Yeah. It also, happens a lot, actually. Yeah. Alvin's Epiphany just fucks. Like the card is yeah. just really <laughs> yeah. good. Like yeah. I, I can't like when I I did test a little bit with Soltai, and every time I drew that card. I, I never felt bad about drawing that card. I'm like, yeah. okay, like at worst it is two birds and I, and, and I'm back to where I was, you know, like, yeah, it, like it was, it, it's, there's never like a, a time where you're like, fuck, I drew a time walk. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and it curves well, it curves well with Yorian. Sometimes you'll have an omen or two in play and you cast it on seven, you still brick, but you're at least able to have time to bring your Yorian back and dig a little more. And yeah. you, usually you're not going to die after you cast Yorian. Um, or the nice play of, uh, I've done this a few times, just when you cast Yorian, you got some extra mana, it's like late in the game, and uh, your omens come in at end step, and you're like, ooh, Alrun's Epiphany, I can foretell that at end step. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so all around, um, I thought the build was good. All around? Mm -hmm. All around? All around <laughs> Epiphany, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I did also, we also, th I thought Nyavir was going to be big, and I also thought that was a matchup that the data pointed towards Naya being favored in, and I mm. disagreed with our list, and it showed, like, we kind of just stomped that deck. 18% win rate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And, yeah, we just kind of stomped it because, like, the truth is, is when they combo you, they win the game, but they have to combo you fast. And yeah. they and the other draws don't beat you. And they play some really bad cards. You know, I mean, yeah. Unleash Fury is not a good card. You know, the Shelter Land or whatever is not a good card. But they just go with the deck. That's why I really like the Nea Midrange deck um, mm -hmm. over that. Just because I saw so many turns where whoever I was doing coverage on would just have a handful of sheltered protection spell, a couple Unleash Fury. And, like, if they don't draw Goldspan Dragon, they die immediately. And it just... It just didn't look that. It also good to does me. cool stuff though. That 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 Seth versus Javier match was just cool. <laughs> yeah. You fling your. Did you see that clip, Brian? No. Yeah, that was good. So there was a showdown in play and a dragon, and Javier at end of turn, Seth is passing, and Javier has lethal, but it's really convoluted. He goes, fling my fling my one creature, 
uh, my only creature, put you at five. Next turn, play a 3-1, um, and then play the pick up your the re another 3-1, another Shepherd, to return one of his lands that's another Fury, get it up to 5-5, five, five, one more spell, and then fling it. Just picking, you know, picking up your utility lands to then fling it again. It just yeah, does cool. That is really cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think Seth could have played around it, but didn't see the line either. And, I'm you know, pretty I don't sure that's I what happened, yeah. yeah. I would have missed it. I played like garbage this weekend. Yeah. Garbage. Garbage, I tell you. But you I still was, did pretty good. I was so sick. Yeah, Wizards was going to raid me, and we play, like they were like, hey, you want to get raided today and just stream for more? And I'm like, fuck, yeah, I do. That sounds awesome. And I woke up super congested and low energy, and I'm like, oh, today's <laughs> going to be bad. So I immediately was like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't raid me. Yeah, I'm just going to go die afterwards. <laughs> There's just Fair like enough. 15 Wizards employees outside your house. They're like waving them as, you know, <laughs> they're about to come in through the window and it's like waving them off. It's like, no, 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 not, not oh, now, no. not now. Brian, Brian, those were cops. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah wrong, wrong house. That was gotcha. for keeping a prisoner in the basement, uh, those police officers. Were there. No, no, it was just it was just wrong house. They've already arrested the person they're looking for. Oh, of wow. Course. You mean I was that close to getting freed and <laughs> it didn't happen? Fuck. Oh God! But yeah, so so this weekend, like is like I said, I'm I'm gonna be playing in the Insight Esports tournament. Um, and yeah, and I might as well. I thought that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I think I think the the three decks that I'm considering, like serious. Well, there's four decks I can con seriously consider, and I'm probably gonna stream tomorrow okay. and practice. But I'm I'm thinking Redux Nine mid range deck. Uh, I might play Teamer. Soltai or Demir Rogues. Those are like the four that Ooh. are on my on my list. Yeah, I mean, I think Demir Rogues, Rogues is. A, I was on the that list. was the first deck I tested for this this league split play. It was the first deck I, <laughs> yeah. I played about twenty matches with it, and then we moved mm -hmm. around and finally we decided we were we actually played Soltai Ultimatum versus Demir in a pretty important session. Like Seth and I played a session and the uh, Czechs played a session, and depending on how that went, we might have switched over to Rogues because we're like. If rogues can win this matchup, it's probably the deck we should play. Yeah. And if Mono Red's going to go on the decline, which I cannot imagine it gets more popular after this weekend, I think that's probably a good pivot to rogues. That seems pretty smart. I think I I think rogues is just a is just a slightly above 50% deck. Just kind of like like it has this good and it has this really good and really bad matchups, but I just think it's just a just generically slightly above 50 percent deck in this format well, i think it yeah i think it was that before even higher um and and before the newest set i i kept saying it was the best game one deck which usually a blue black deck isn't that um oh yeah it's great but, game one deck for sure yeah it's such a good game one deck but before people were playing upwards of half their sideboard for this matchup right like yeah. my like uh, most of my debates Sorry Most to of my... butt in, but it still kind of blows my mind how much how many cards people play for rogues because people it's just such hate a... losing to it. <laughs> I, I guess like even a lot of my opponents this league weekend, I'm looking at their sideboards and I'm like, three oxes, a <laughs> uh, two phoenixes, and two clothuses. It's like really like Girl. how many matchups are those for? <laughs> Maybe more than I think, but like. I was the like, only person who played Rogues in the entire MPL, yeah. you know? And there was, like, two people that played it in Rivals or something. But. Yeah, yeah people have, like, an good. eviscera reaction to getting milled by Rune Crab, I feel. So they're just like, never again will I lose to this deck. <laughs> well, I think it's also just the fact that, like, 
So a lot of decks don't need to sideboard a ton, right? And a lot of it's like already built in, like, like all these decks have a theme, right? There's like an adventure theme. So you don't board out a lot of your adventure stuff. Um, and so like you need, you need specific things for so many matchups, but there's so many things you do. Like even Naya Fury, how you, it's, it's not that easy to board against. Like you want to board things that can deal with the showdowns, but even though a red dragon's hitting you, a red cat melee is not that efficient as an ox is against Demir. Like a red cat melee sometimes won't even work against Naya Fury. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know. It, it's it's also important that your your cyborg cards against Demir go a long way too. They go way further than other matchups because you don't have to draw them. You can just mill them. Yeah. So they're higher impact cyborg cards. And in all the other tournaments, like Demir Rogues was like six percent of or or you know sixth or seventh in the list of decks the whole season, right? It's still there. It's usually ten percent of the field mm-hmm. or a little bit less. I think it'll have a good weekend though. I, I really do anticipate. People just not really focusing on it too much, um, but we'll see. I think I think the the Naya mid range deck is definitely going to be the deck that has a target on its back for this weekend. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I mean, the thing about Rogues is uh, same as it's always been, where it tends to do better in Rivals and MPL than in at large mm-hmm. events. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, and I honestly think a huge part of it is just a, it, it, like the sequencing and how to play the deck. There's a lot of room for error. Like you can Mm -hmm. beat a lot of the cards like Ox and some of the other cards, depending on how you play, like don't mill more cards than you need to mill, you know, like things like that, that I, you know, I don't think, I don't know if a lot of people are doing or playing the deck Mm -hmm. that way, you know, or whatever, or like pivoting. Cause some, some games your game plan is to win by damage and some games is to win by cards. And if you've determined, like when I play a matchup, sometimes I'll determine, I'm not going to win this game by damage. And so I will trade my creatures off incredibly aggressively. And I'll, mm. you know, like, because I know that I, my, I'm going to win the game 15 turns from now by milling them out with, like, my third ruined crab that I've drawn over the course of the game or something. Oh, I mean, it is it is just without a doubt a, yeah, like, you're right. It's way more skill intensive deck because, like, I think I said this in a previous episode that the the skill delta for wins with a gruel deck is way different than a Demir deck because like, you know, you look at this time range deck, it is complex. It's really good. It's real. Like the, the players that played it this weekend, it's got a lot of decisions, but at the heart of it, it's just like turn three love struck. I'm going to cast my great henge. They kill it. You're like, fuck you. Here's another big creature. I'm going to cast my great henge. They yeah. kill it. You're like, fuck you. Here's another big creature. I'm going to cast my great henge. And then it resolves. And you're like, I win. <laughs> all right play five creatures drop five cards your turn buddy yeah, yeah you know, realistically like... <laughs> it's not that hard of a deck to play there's a lot no. of decisions and a lot of skill to those decks like naya and gruel but there's also a lot of times where it literally doesn't matter what you do you're just gonna win like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like, i mean once that's you how have... i also fail against demir when they double fucking one drop me sure yeah yeah like those i mean i think i've never been more mad than when my opponent has three rogues in play by turn three 
just makes me so mad. I don't think I did that very often this weekend. I don't. I really. I mean, don't. you only have eight of them, right? Like, are the big ones, like the eight good ones? Oh, right, yeah, the one yeah. thing you did accomplish is you a lot of the times had nine lands in hand or nine lands in play <laughs> at turn nine. You did that quite often when you were on camera. I did. I did draw four lands off of into the story quite a lot this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and I remember just seeing your face after you you draw you drew like up one mind and then like into the end of the story and it was just like all lands maybe like one agadim's awakening and you're just like just like just a casual just nod like no no face like change whatsoever it was just one nod and then you just moved on with the with the game yeah i kind of was thinking like fuck me <laughs> i've kind of reached a zen with magic to some extent where it's like yeah. i just i don't know i don't really <laughs> I, I i am trying in these tournaments like and I'm, i've actually been doing well lately um, yeah 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 you've been crushing it but like i just don't really care that much and i honestly think it helps me a lot because shit yeah. like that happens and i'm just like all right it, like, it's like same that happened like next what's next you know like yeah honestly i think the worst magic i've ever played in my life was the last pro tour of every season you know like just playing with those high level of nerves yeah. Um, but oh, then yeah. like the beginning of the season when the pro points start over and you know you had the whole year to to get gold again that's when I played more relaxed and that's when I think I played my best magic so I totally get that when you just have that relaxed vibe you just play better yeah those last pro tour of the years were not fun they were super I hated high them. stress you had to get certain levels and yeah those tournaments were, were <laughs> they were miserable I thought they really were they really were I mean, they well, were heartbreaking. They were so heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Having to watch somebody who, like, has been trying to get there their entire life or, you know, whatever, and, like, that they fail on that last weekend, it just felt so bad. But or then uh, yourself, they also, too. Yeah. But then the flip side of it, you know, it kind of balances out. You see that friend that's been trying, you know, so hard and, and finally hit their big goal and got celebrating that, that night. You know, it, it's a lot of emotions that are going around, but... Yeah. survivorship bias yeah the, uh, the last i've never truly gotten the good goals that i wanted i never hit platinum even though i tried uh you the know end, pretty the hard end of those years the ends of those events where it was like some people super happy and some people looking so fucking dejected like that <laughs> yeah. will stick with me forever just the juxtaposition of those two things like uh, uh, what's i mean what was the what's the big city above us is it montreal i don't remember Vancouver. Vancouver. Um, Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. It was pro I mean Pro Tour Vancouver. I'm I'm sorry to call someone out, but Christian Calcano missing platinum is probably like yeah. the hardest thing for me to see ever in magic. Yeah. Just Fair. just him grinding all year and I wanted it so bad for him. And yeah, yeah. see for me the Brutal. hardest thing the hardest thing was just seeing Brian get platinum. You know, I was just always <laughs> yeah. rooting for him to fail. That when he finally got his dreams true, like it was really, really rough for me. So when Corey that was, that was the toughest one. saw that yeah. I made worlds, he was like, That motherfucker does uh, not deserve that. And yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dude. God, that that motherfucker really has been working so hard for this. Fuck him. Yeah. yeah. I thought the hardest thing for me to see was when John Emmanuel Dupra had a Redanum play. And Brad oh, <laughs> oh, had shut a Soul Tomato. <laughs> well, the hardest thing for me to see was your ass when you mooned me once. Oh, I can fully agree with that. That 
Must have been traumatizing. And this sounds like a great time that we should get to the <laughs> right, captain let's, crew, let's actually, y'all. Well, well, real quick, before that, let's transition to and, and get a little somber here and actually serious up because I have an announcement. Okay. Um, I'm going to be asking anyone out there that can help. Um, so my significant other's best friend's cousin is 14 and um, she just got diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer, a rare form of it. Oh. And, um, and her, her family kind of got wrecked by COVID. Like they mm-hmm. both lost their jobs. They're living in a hotel right now. And, um, yeah. And so they started to go fund me. And if anyone can help, if you can't, obviously I understand, but if anyone can, the, the link for this is in the show notes. So if you go to Podbean and, um, check the show notes, you'll be able to see a link to this GoFundMe. I'm also going to be running. Uh, I think tomorrow, well, today when the podcast comes out, I think I'm going to be streaming, trying to raise money for this and donating myself. But uh, of of any families that I know that could use a little help, it's this one. She's in high spirits, though, if you read through the thing. Um, Which is fucking brutal. So terrible when all these things kind of come crashing at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, this family's been hit really hard. Like, the money's going to go for them to just exist. Yeah. No, that sounds sounds like a, a nice thing to raise some money for. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. And if anyone can give, thank you so much. Truly appreciate it. This family could really use it. And I'll be streaming and doing some cool things and probably get a pie in the face if we hit some milestones. So, oh, yeah. Corey's oh, I, gonna... I, I, I need to give that last dollar to get a pie in your face at the yeah, end. That I'm sounds, gonna, I'm gonna, great. Yeah, I'm going to do that stream uh, hopefully tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if uh, I haven't done a lot of uh, chair streams, so I'm going to be getting some help from Cora. I was like, what should I do for some, you know, stretch goals? And Corey's like, pie in the face. I'm like, of course. Yeah, that was, <laughs> the, that was the one that uh, someone loved the most when I did one <laughs> can I back pick, in the day. Can I pick the pie? Uh, we're just going to get whipped cream, man. Do you want me, you want to, you want to hit me with like a, like a, actual yeah. sugary pie like no, are you gonna clean no my sugar carpet? there's no sugar mm-hmm. in soggy pickles and hot dog water <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a what? stretch goal i'm willing to, to pay for the soggy Holy pickle crap. and hot dog water pie you never had no i've never Whoa. heard of it okay well. i think i think this sounds like our next shirt we should lose some money on y'all <laughs> exactly <laughs> that only we will use it sounds wonderful yeah yes oh so. god yeah, no, that sounds great though. I'll uh, I'll stop by and uh, check out your stream tomorrow. That sounds fun. Thank you so much, bro. All right, now we yeah. can do the casting crew. All, All right. right, let's do it. Am I first? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. All right, cool, great. All right, awesome. <laughs> first up on our casting crew is Vino Gatista, who is uh, been doing a lot of good work. I think they were the uh, the nighttime security guard, but uh, we haven't had zero break in since they took this job. So we mm. have. Um, you know, promoted them to being Brian's personal security. Oh, that sounds intimate. Is that why I'm locked in the basement? It's very intimate. Is that, <laughs> is that why I'm locked in the basement? I don't. You can well, leave anytime you want during visiting hours. Okay, Brian. If you're locked <laughs> in, that's because Bino locked you in. Personally. I, 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 Personally. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like this. <laughs> All right. Next, next up, we got S. Saruti, uh, our good friend that does a lot of business, tons of business to be had, but also, let's not forget, a lot of analyzing 
Wait, the... is this two different jobs? Yeah. Because bus- it's a business analyst, Corey. Yeah. Yes, I thought yes. that was one job, but apparently it has two things. Business is a job. Who knew? S. Sarudi has been really branching out and has branched out into a couple of different jobs. It's like, what do you do? It's like, oh, I work for Enron as a business. You know, I'm a business. Yeah. I'm a business. All right. Now that we've given Corey the business. We got yep, Insight Esports, and that is the esports event organizer on MTG Melee. Do they have any events they're organizing? They do. Brian? They do. They have a, a 5K standard open this weekend. Oh, Saturday. Mm. That's right. Mm. All right. Next up, we got Ian Pasali. Pasala. Pacala? Ian Pasala. Why do we yeah. switch it all up? Because I, I don't have muscle memory. Ian Pasella, who is BVD's leading resident pastafarian. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, I'm just, just the connections between this and the linguini of the linguistic code. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's all coming together. <laughs> yeah, it is coming yeah. together. But yes, this is our leading resident pastafarian who uh, um, I'm going to not be indulging with because I am starting to try to eat healthier. Mm. Oh, it's too it's bad. Finally, it's finally time. Yeah, Brad, I, I still think it's good that we switched up because I think we're starting to nail it. So, Corey, uh, don't read this part. Um, we, got, <laughs> we got Richie, and that is the Bash Bros accountant. We're all awful with our money, and we spend it on all kinds of things, like shirt ideas and stuff like that, and they go poorly. So we have Richie to keep <laughs> us in check. All right, and then we got Wapa, and that is electronic keyboard blower. I was going to say is who just started up light vacuuming? You just you just said stupid shit we don't need. And, yeah. and I have an electronic uh, air blower instead of I was wow, buying Wow, Richie, the, can you, um, you know, manage canisters? these funds a little bit? Yeah, can you, can you balance our paybooks so we don't spend the money on that? Please? Yeah, can you freeze our account, please? <laughs> we only want to spend our money on shirt ideas. Yeah. Yes. Shirt graphics. I would like 97% of our account to be... Sh- Bad shirts. All right. Yes. We got Wapa. That is Brad's personal barista and personal dog walker. And that's it. Nothing else. No extra clauses. So. Mm. Well, they don't want to walk BBD. Maybe they will. I mean, I'll, I'll offer. I'll offer. I'm, I'm going to, you know, Wapa and I are going to go take D for a walk later today. You're, you're more than welcome. I'll invite you. Mm. Mm. You already no. did invite me and I declined. Well, Brad, so. you have to walk BBD then. I mean, who else is going to make sure... You know, he doesn't run off. Brian oh, it's, it's, run it's a, it's a closed, it's a closed in one. It's a closed in dog park where it's, you know, oh, useless. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We still know how BBD gets in crowds of dogs though. So we better keep an eye on that. It's <laughs> true. I cannot be contained. Uh, next up, we got Adham, who is our ghost writer that is, uh, has written all of these episodes since the beginning, uh, including all of our tweets going back all the years. So if anything is cancel worthy, Adam, blame mm, yeah. Adam. Yeah, Adam did it all. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we got David Watt, and David Watt still just super shocked. We still have David on the payroll because it's the special guest screener, and every time we keep getting this Brian fella, and I don't think you get screened at all, Brian. I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem like there's any screening. I, there's actually a lot. Every time I walk in the door, they have to pat me down to make sure I'm not bringing any like weapons. I have to um, say, well, I've that's never been of last to time, Brian. <laughs> I have to say, I've never been to your guys' house, but it seems like a really hostile environment for it you, It is Brian. horrible. It is fucking yeah. heinous, is what it is. 
All right, um, next up we got Max. That is Corey's linguistic coach. And honestly, I could see branching out to Brad just for the Pastafarian thing, but maybe that's too much too soon. All right, next up we got Paul K. Sarasky. There, there we go. There it Nailed is. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there yeah. it is. That was and, worth it. And there are BBD's wall staring photographer. <laughs> worth the joke. Worth the joke. Absolutely. Next up, we got Phil. And let me tell you, I mean, Phil just day in and day out motivates me to be a better podcaster, like really helps me to be a better streamer, really helps my temperament when I'm not having good days. Like, well, Phil he really shit does at his everything. Job. Phil really is just doing it all. So kudos to Phil. Keep it up. <laughs> if that's Paul, if that's Phil's job. That's that's shit. He's he's not good. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Phil, not great so far. <laughs> we need to get you a new trainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, if you ever want to actually tell us what you do, just let us know, man. Mm, mm. It's the day. It's the day of the internet. Mm, mm. We're talking over it right now. You can message us anytime. No, no pressure. I'm a little out of breath. I'm so out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, maybe we can get a, uh, you know, a trainer in here if we're getting tired with trips for Coke Zero. So we we, we had, used to have one. We used to have a left. personal trainer, but they, yeah, they, they departed, which I'll blame on JP, our general manager. Uh, yes, of course. That's his, his area of expertise is keeping people like that on the payroll. Generally, um, generally speaking, anyways. Right. So. Yeah. Next up after that, we got Sultan Abbasi, who is our designated mana dork. Now, what mana dork are we using today? I guess it's still just dragon, right? That's the only mana dork <laughs> in standard. No, Tangled Fleer Hordren. You want to repeat that one more time? <laughs> Tangled Fleer Hordren. Florahedron. Florahedron. Yeah. Tangled Florahedron. <laughs> Which Max, is not only in the Nile mid-range deck, but Sultai as well. Oh. Max, can we get some uh, lessons here for Brad? I think it's time. Well, yeah. I just need to have the word in front of me. I don't even know what the fucking word is, man. Give me a fair, break. Fair, fair. All right, next up. You got to make Eric fun Null. of your old winded brother? <laughs> yes, yes, I will. Have you met me? Next up, we got Eric Nall, and this is our BBP trash man. Eric has really went through a ton of changes in this last year. Uh, you know, went to space but has now resided just back as a, uh, you know, a very loyal BBP trash man. I don't know what a trash man is, but I appreciate that it gets done. Mm. It's like the scat man, but with trash. So, okay. Well, you've, done it, you've, <laughs> yeah. you've done it a few times, you know, you take the trash out and then, and then you go grab the thing and it's all gone. Right. Mm. Mm. You've done that. No. Gare Melody is our merch store manager. <laughs> <laughs> he runs our merchandise store where we don't sell anything. Well, we do sell yeah. anything, but we don't sell anything. And we joke yeah. a lot on this podcast, but seriously, there is a link to an actual merch store and you can buy our products. I know none <laughs> of you exists. will. But at this but point, oh, yeah, none of you will. You could. At this point, I kind of want people not 
to buy yeah. anything just because I think it's kind of funnier that way. It is. You know, it, the self-deprecation is. is really working for us. <laughs> or maybe this is reverse psychology that I'm trying on y'all. So it, it, who knows, really? Well, what I find funny is that uh, Patrick, next up on our cast and crew, is our office party coordinator. Mm-hmm. And he must have swapped all of my uh, sparkling water because what when I thought I was grabbing a sparkling water, it was, in fact, a hard sparkling water. Ooh. So, oh. So, so so the party is starting. I just didn't know it was. Wow. All right. Go Patrick. That's water the... without me, you sick fucker. <laughs> that would be a wild party, by the way, if just everything is spiked, but no one was told. You know, that would, that would lead to some interesting uh, dynamics. My old, my old roommate and I, back in the day, with, fuck, remember Ryan Gustafson? Of course you Yep, know. yep, yep. Um, I think you've met him too, Brian. Maybe Poss- not. Possibly. I know you met Bill. Um, but Ryan and I used to play uh, vodka water uh, checkers <laughs> where you would just mix like one third. Of, it was all shot glasses and you put vodka in a third of them and mix them all together and just make a checkers board. What an awful game. <laughs> oh, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> you guys all are right, here playing up. vodka water checkers while I'm playing tequila hot dog water chess. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, both served with salt. Anyways, next up, we got Filippos Galanis, and that is Brad's soundboard operator. And I can just speak for everyone when I say that I don't want to. Don't you remember? He I, doesn't I have this thing it. anymore. Yeah, I don't oh. have to fucking do this shit anymore. Boom. Thank there you. I don't have to fucking do the... this shit anymore. I don't want to fucking do this shit anymore. I do want to fucking do this shit anymore. <laughs> All right, we got Laura Roar. That is our chief executive officer. And sent a memo out as of one minute ago saying that the three of us have all been fucking fired. And he did use... Oh, great. We did, don't have to fucking do this shit anymore. He did use the honorific. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. He did oh, use the honorific God. fucking in there, too, which I thought was a little nice. unprofessional, but, you know. I like well, it. What What is... Uh, what is... What is it? What? How do you say it? Clandestined? Is that the, is that the term? Yeah. What about it? Yeah. Well, Victor, who is Brad's first place trophy holder, which I am getting, you know, I was first place in split play. And I might be first place in the league soon, so. That's true. But you have to be Paulo, so. Victor actually doing, actually has some work to do here, except that you didn't get a trophy, but. Yeah. Well, no, I did. I, I get my own trophies made. Oh, do you? Just for oh, nice. myself, yeah. I yeah. got a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> That's true. Actually, he would just I like make trophies for himself I for believe... minor things that when we were growing up. Like, I believe I've you... gotten a trophy more recently than Brad. I mean, well, I don't is that I don't think that's true. I do think that's true. What what did you get? I got a championship belt for winning my fantasy football league this year. Oh, oh this year. Yeah. Oh, you definitely did, because last year the trophy I got was uh the i won i won that tournament at yeah um, mox the mox boarding house yeah the yep. charity tournament i won that thing i too uh, am cool <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say my joke was gonna be that uh yeah i gave myself a 46 most growing streamer award from november 2020 that's that is impressive hey, yeah, don't diminish is. bbd's accomplishments bradley i'm not i'm saying that's the yeah. <laughs> and last but certainly least we got dr unct and that is our resident proctologist uh you know really 
really gets in there deep whenever we need uh, some examining, mostly on BBD. Oh no, no. Okay, you, you just use it to shame BBD. Don't gets oh. in deep on BBD. I'm just, I was at first I was thinking like, hey, you're not going to bring up BBD. Like, Doctor Unks is not allowed around me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, He's I just, I just need everyone there. But no, no, no. You is fine. You as is fine. has been declared yeah. in the past, I'm currently locked in a fucking hellhole basement. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting and proctology <laughs> exams. I have a personal <laughs> security guard. You There's have a wall staring police. photographer. That's the only pictures you can take. No, no, no. no. You have a personal outside. guard for our security, Brian. Yeah. It's not your personal security. Your basement has flooded before where you just still had to do the podcast. And your life really is kind of fucking hectic over there, I must say. It, it's... And you have a cry for help every single week and nobody has done anything. And it's... that's the end of the episode, everyone. All thank right, you for listening to thank you, Bros podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Brian, for, you know... Being on the podcast that you chose to be on <laughs> willingly, you're welcome. You're welcome. and you were very excited. It was an o- it was an honor and privilege. <laughs> all boy. right, we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I almost wanted to type in two false stars. <laughs> I don't even know what happened to my tongue. It just stopped working. All right, here we go.